0: deep left into the bleachers a two run homer a swing and a miss ball game lift off and history marches on
1: 22 consecutive wins
0: from the sports desk of the Akron Beacon Journal and ohio.com this is leading off with Ryan Lewis a podcast on the Cleveland Indians Santana makes the catch ball game The Indians have won the American
1: League pennant! The Cleveland Indians are going to the World
0: Series! Now, Ryan Lewis and Dan Kadar. Hey
1: everybody, welcome back. This is Dan Kadar here, and I'm joined right now by Ryan. Ryan, how's it going today?
0: It's going great. How are you, Dan?
1: Very good. And again, like last week, we'll try and avoid Game of Thrones spoilers on on the (laughs) podcast. Um, But... We do have something from Sunday to, to talk about first to top the show. Then we'll get to some Corey Kluber talk, some Jose Ramirez talk, and see where that takes us. But Ryan, Sunday, Indians lose ten nothing in a what was dubbed a reliever outing, where Cody Anderson started. Yada yada yada. Everybody knows what happened by now. Ten to nothing. What was worse in that game, though? Real quick, giving up ten runs only having two hits or Channing Fry's first pitch that went wide, <laughs> wide, wide left?
0: Well, in the Indians' case, in Cody Anderson's case, for example, he, he struggled with his command. He couldn't get through the first inning. You know, he talked about how frustrating it is, um, certainly not what the Indians were looking for. Um, on the other side, uh, the Indians uh, were being no hit for much of the day. But that being said, they were also competing against major league talent. Yes. Channing Fry, with all due respect to him, it is not his sport of choice. Uh, but he was uh, competing with a beautiful sunny day, so he uh, Channing had some fun with it, uh, throwing out a bunch of excuses online. Uh, the Indians razzed him a little bit. Glider looked very upset <laughs> with his performance. Uh, so I think I think Channing Fry probably took the cake on that one. Mm.
1: But hey, the, the guy has plenty else going on. He's going to go into broadcasting, and we have something about him, I think, making beer on our website. So um,
0: He also has a ring, so I imagine yes. these fans of Cleveland will forgive a first pitch.
1: That's right. That is that is right. But more serious matters. Let's talk a little bit about Corey Kluber, who between last time we recorded and now suffered a basically a broken arm, uh, hit by a hit by a hit, basically. Um, one of his forearm bones broke. He's out for a long time. Ryan, what can you tell us about how long and, and what's the latest on Kluber?
0: Yeah, so it, it sounds like there, um, there probably won't be significant updates for a while. Uh, Kluber's going to be out for three to four weeks, which is the time period when his arm's going to be immobilized. The Indians are really trying to be very cautious with him and they're trying to have him move that arm as little as humanly possible. Because as of right now, it doesn't look like a situation that will require surgery. Um, but as, as the Indians kind of worded it when they, when they did update uh, his status, you know, it's not a situation that requires a surgery at this time. It is something that could come about. Uh, so he'll be evaluated near the end of May or in the early parts of June at which point we might have some more clarity in terms of his total timetable to when he can actually return to the rotation. Um, what's clear is that it's going to be uh, a very lengthy time period, um, especially when you're talking about trying to replace you know, Corey Kluber. Even though you know he hadn't quite been pitching at the levels uh, you know at which the Indians are normally accustomed, but you know he's still a guy that gives you the potential to fire six, seven, eight scroll innings on a nightly basis. Uh, he's normally pretty consistent in terms of his workload, which helps to uh, protect that bullpen a little bit. There's just so much that kind of goes on with being able to, you know, have him take the mound every fifth game uh, that the Indians are really going to miss. And especially with, you know, Mike Clevenger still being out, um, by all accounts he seems to be progressing at about a best-case possible scenario Hmm. right now. Uh, uh, The best-case, you know, pace that he could be making, he seems to be making, but he's, you know, he's for sure still going to be out, at least early June um, and and possibly a little longer, the the Indians will have to wait and see how how he feels as he starts to ramp his volume back up. Um, So, you know, for about the next month or so, you know, there's going to be, you know, potentially there won't be too much clarity beyond that time period for Kluber. He's going to receive weekly x-rays. But, you know, for that time, the Indians will just kind of have to wait and see. And, um, you know, it's going to be a challenge. It was a challenge already to replace Clevenger. Jeffrey Rodriguez, as we talked last week, has performed pretty well um, in in his couple of starts, trying to fill that void. Cody Anderson was thrown out there as he's continued to be lengthened out as a starting pitcher. um, It did not go very well. But, uh, you know, there there were some signs there the Indians are going to try to work with him on his command as he continues to be lengthened out. There are some other internal options, but for now, uh, you know, the Indians have the work cut out for them for the next month or two. Actually, longer and you know, they're, they're
1: just going to have to wait and see. Mm. So you're not in the camp of people, based on what you just said, the camp of people who are, hey, Corey Kluber is pitching bad anyway, who cares? you Are not. Are you not in that group of people?
0: No, because when you have a guy with that kind of a track record, I, I don't think it's, you know, it's reasonable to look at something like that and think, okay, there's a Better than reasonable chance that he's going to regress back to his own norms.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so no, it's just because he had a 5.8 ERA in the first month does not mean that that was going to continue. Um, I, I don't think you can get around this being a, a major blow to this team, and uh, you know one that certainly affects their their standing in the Central Division, uh, especially one that will affect that if Clipper is up for uh, a significant amount of time after this initial month. Uh, So no, I think you have to look at not necessarily what he's done, but what he likely would have done or could have done. And uh, you know, regardless of how anyone pitches in his place, if the Indians get some some really positive starts out of some guys within their depth within the organization, you know, you're always going to want to write down Kluber, and for a while, that's not going to be the case.
1: Mm. Last thing on this pitching stuff, Dallas Keuchel, he's still out there somehow. Well, I know why he's out there, but. Um, he's out there. Could he be of interest to the Indians, do you think?
0: Potentially. The, the issue with Dallas Keuchel and the Indians bringing him in is that, you know, especially if it becomes a case where Kluber may not be out for a terribly long amount of time after this initial month, if Clevenger continues to progress, you know, Dallas Keichel may be looking for something a little more significant, and... It doesn't necessarily fit with the Indians, but more so than that, in terms of fit, it is not the case where the Indians could sign Dallas Keuchel, and then he could take the mound tomorrow. Right. You know, he's going to need time to round into form, and by that point, Adam Plucko is expected to be healthy by then. Cody Anderson will be it out. You know, the Indians do have options there, and a more aggressive move like Dallas Keuchel, who looks more and more like he won't be signed until after uh, the amateur draft in June. Uh, You know, it just kind of, the the timing, the fit, doesn't seem quite right um, for him coming to the Indians. It's an option. I'm sure it's something that's, you know, at least been discussed. But from a fit standpoint, from a timing standpoint, um, the cards, you know, everything may not be quite aligning for that to happen.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and the draft thing is, is important to note because if a team does sign him, they still have to give up pick compensation. Um, the, whatever the team's highest pick is, I don't know what it is for the Indians off the top of my head, but that that is why he's it, still out there.
0: Yeah, the Indians would lose their third highest pick, and so it's you. It's not just the cost of bringing him in and the timing fit and everything. It's also the you know the cost in terms of a draft pick. So there, there's some things that that are kind of working against it to where it just it. Uh, it is something that would certainly you know appeal to the. To a lot of people who look at this rotation and think, "Well, what are you going to do about this?" Right. Um, however, there's some things kind of working against it. It's not quite a, a perfect fit, so it's it's probable that the Indians won't be going that route.
1: Yeah, and I misspoke about the pick compensation. Ryan had it correct there, uh, but so that that's the update there on pitching stuff. Jose Ramirez, uh, it's been a ongoing struggle earlier this season at least to me, Terry Francona kind of made it sound like it's no big deal but Jose Ramirez they're hitting in the three hole for the Indians, he's just now after Sunday's game up to 200 in his batting average he's had five hits in the last four games Um, what's up with Jose Ramirez? Well the Indians I've kind of
0: looked at it to where they've liked some of the signs that they've seen recently you know, he's been hovering around 300, just below 300 for the last nine, ten games, and he's still been, you know, pretty significantly below his normal production level. And what the Indians really need out of him, you know, with their with their issues with their lineup this season, but he's, the Indians have kind of seen it as he started to shown shown some signs. Uh, you know, Tio said, you know, one thought could be, well, bench him because he's been struggling so much. And his response was, well, forget that. It's Jose Ramirez, you know. The Indians are confident that you know, eventually he's going around round into form, and when he does, you know the Indians certainly don't want to push that back any farther than you know where it already may be. And I also spoke with Victor Rodriguez, the Indian sitting coach, and you know he talked about you know right now Jose Ramirez has been swinging at pitches out of the zone a little bit more. Um, I think his out of swing or out of the zone swing percentage right now is about 26%, which is a little bit raised from where it was last year. Uh, you know, and because of that, teams haven't really been having to go after him like they normally do. And when when you have a guy who has been as dangerous as Jose Ramirez has been the last couple of years, teams already you know, probably don't love to attack him like other hitters. And so when when he's also swinging the pitches out of the zone, they don't have to go into the zone like they normally would. So because of something like that, because of you know some other indicators, his hard hit percentage is solid, his line drive percentage is solid you know, those types of indicators have remained positive. And the Indians kind of like what they've seen the last couple of days. And, you know, because of all that put together, because of his track record, um, you know, it's been, it's been a really rough start for him. Uh, but the Indians are pretty optimistic that, you know, that slump may be coming to an end. And it's really something the Indians badly need, um, especially from a power standpoint. This lineup has been among the worst in baseball. They've largely survived it. But as, as the rotation deals with injuries, you know, the lineup's going to have to give up some of that slack somewhere and you know Jose Ramirez is certainly one of the
1: guys that they need, need to count on going forward yeah it, it would be nice I mean you look at the, the lineup and you you say okay here's this guy hitting third and he's struggling just move him down put someone else in but there's no one else to put in so hopefully it, it you know the light at the end of the tunnel is here for Jose Ramirez potentially maybe hopefully um, we'll see Ryan, anything else? Yeah, and, yeah. Go ahead.
0: No, just you know, getting Francisco in Lindor back into the lineup, back yeah. at the top of the lineup, was kind of the first step mm-hmm. in that. And you know, the Indians have been able to survive so far, but they're they're far from a, an ideal scenario, I guess you could say. And you know, they're kind of still searching for some answers. And you know, Lindor's been he's been playing okay. He's shown some power. Uh, you know, not 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 everything's quite been there yet, but. If he and Jose Ramirez can round back into form, that's, you know those are two major steps forward that this lineup could really use. And as the Indians continue to kind of search for, as we've talked about on the podcast for weeks, answers in the outfield, answers at the bottom of the lineup. But those two are kind of key. And if, uh, if they can round into form, that's, that's kind of the first step to the Indians getting back to where they need to be.
1: It really is. We'll see if that happens. Ryan, anything else before uh, you get out of here to cover tonight's game?
0: No, because if we talk anymore, we're both going to
1: start talking Game of Thrones. That's right. It'll be awkward. It's going to be a whole big problem. Yeah, so anyway, the Indians, uh, again, tonight they start a four-game series against the Chicago White Sox. We'll see how that goes. Um, That is going to do it here for Leading Off with Ryan Lewis. I'm Dan Kadar. He was Ryan Lewis. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll talk to you next time. (laughs) See ya.